Hey, we're live. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Teacher's Lounge podcast presented by Beat Refinery. DJ School at Bok Rock. <laughs> I almost forgot what to say there. <laughs> Where are we? Presented by Beat Refinery, DJ School at Bok Rock. Learn how to make scratch and make music by visiting beatrefinery.com. We have locations nationwide. We do have some of our top uh, DJ instructors here in the building today, as always, every single week. So first up, we got... My name is DJ Junior Metrics, by the way, and we got Stylist Chris. What up? got DJ Sean J. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sean J. <laughs> we got the Doc. Doc Plus. And we got as one. It's yeah, electric. As one. <laughs> Lee. What is it? Art Art Lee as one? <laughs> Art and Lee as one. Essentially. 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 <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Inside jokes, guys. But you know, yes, they, yes. Got me, they got me rolling over here. Fellas. <laughs> uh, how was everybody? Oh man, Sean, what'd you do? I had a festive weekend. I was uh, back in DC at residency at what was formerly the W Hotel, and uh, brought my wife and our dog down. So we had a overnight from Friday into Saturday. After I did my gig, crashed the hotel. Sight, I did some sightseeing with the puppy, and oh, yeah. uh, life was good. Formerly, I had a wedding on now? Saturday. What's up? You said formerly. What's it called now? Oh, it's the Washington Hotel. They changed the name back to what uh, it used to be called. Really? Ownership and management changed. And now the the name POV is what the lounge was, and now it's right. View, VU. Oh, I thought you said point of view. <laughs> Instead of point of POV, <laughs> it's, a POV. it's oh. VUE. <laughs> well, Some genius dope. face on the team came so Who, who bought it? Um, some independent hotel company. The, it's not even uh, Marriott had it before, that's and what I'm Marriott saying. sold so it. Yeah, the W is they they let it go. I'm surprised. Hmm. I'm very surprised about that one. But I went from the club gig to the wedding gig Friday into Saturday, and uh, I missed the chance to catch you at the wharf, Stylus Chris. Oh yeah, fun times down there. What'd you do, Chris, oh, over, over the weekend? Where'd you travel to? Uh, Friday, I was at, at the wharf doing, you know, wrapping up. We have uh, that's the last week of the summer series, um, and uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Fun gig, always great people watching down at the wharf, DC. Man, it's like such a great area to go go down and hang out. Um, and then Saturday, I I had a a real real fun wedding, high end wedding in Potomac, Maryland, private residence. Um, it's like a at least a 14 piece band like when there's a three horns i'm always really excited when there's three horns when yeah. you got sax trombone and a trumpet um or yeah this, so this, this it, it was it was nice um and they had put my dj booth like as in the center so it was like Ooh. stage with like you know 15 musicians and singers and the dj booth like kind of center the backstage vocal because i did a lot of stuff in and out of their sets like did you, know. you have a DJ booth uh, where you had like a musical note in front of it, <laughs> so you can, so you can match with the band? <laughs> <laughs> like a tuner, was, just like a, listening a, the whole time. A big, <laughs> nice, DJ big rectangle white, nice big white surround. Um, but yeah. but in in, uh, in the um, in like the twelve um, uh, the Camelot system. Yes, exactly. Seven A. We're in seven A, guys. Yeah, 
<laughs> no, it's nice. fun. It's it's fun to to be like the percussionist. Basically, that's what I am, the percussionist with the bands. And I've got I've got like probably a couple hundred different loops. Um, and then I've even got one shot, so I can just make a rhythm using cue points. And um, it's fun, man. It's fun to just st- strictly have to mix by ear. Um, and the drummers love it because once, like, what I'll do is I'll lock to him. And then once he hears it, then he'll reverse and lock to me. And so now he's got a click track, uh, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he switches off to, mm-hmm. oh, there's a click track. This yeah. Guy, yeah. Yeah, I just wait and I come in smooth. Usually I wait because um, we do it all free flowing. We never make it up as we go it's along. It's the best. I mean, we never stuff. we never practice it, so sure, it's just make sure. it up as we go along. Um, I've got a few things now where, like, you know, I got some vocal samples that go with certain songs that all the bands do. But for the most part, it's just kind of like, hmm, what's missing or where can I? And I've I've finally gone and like organized my library, so it's like all these. Uh, tambourine loops in one spot and triangles in one spot and congas and you know various rhythms like there's a couple times now where i'll just throw the four four kick drum on there for him so he's like ah yes like just build can, it out a little can, bit yeah just like especially when they try to do like rihanna any of the rihanna uh, songs like, yeah, yeah it's yeah, nice yeah. to have a kick you know, like yeah. a real like 808 kick in there so 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 when are you gonna uh bring out the drum pad and drumsticks like trey's does like trey's no, that's, that's, that's next <laughs> level no i would never like you gotta understand too most of these bands have like touring drummers like these <laughs> wedding bands have jazz band like guys that gig full year round as a drummer like they're freaking ridiculous how good they are it's like you would I would, it'd be kind of silly to bring a any kind of drum kit where there's a drum <laughs> unless you're gonna you let sticks play. and they look at you sideways hey, I like my drum kit <laughs> Chris, Chris and style, the drummer are, are throwing drumsticks well, unless, unless you're DJ Newmark where you know you got like, like a mood like, man where he brings out like the, the toy move? drum sets and yeah then, that's, you know, it's like, yo. that's that's that's, that's how you can stick show, out actually that's a great that's I, would, I want to see him bring that show back around oh my gosh that was so much fun man that would be really cool see that like 930 club or anthem yeah Doc, yeah, did you did you, did you Jurassic Five shows, man? Live, live, live. Those are always good shows. Doc, did you play with uh, any drummers this weekend? I didn't play with actually. Well, so I managed I managed to sound at the flat in Houston. Another huge shout out to nice. DJ, DJ Sun. Sun. Yeah, Sun and Reed uh, of the of the 18th Street Lounge who came right. down to visit uh, for the weekend. And shout out to Fareed. Yeah. Huge shout out to Fareed. It was awesome. Seriously, such a special weekend. I mean, no joke. It was, uh, they're doing these things now, um, and it's really awesome to be able to help out with this. They do like the, they, they'll start at six in the afternoon and on Saturdays and do like a mini fest. Well, they'll have like a lineup of like three or four artists that come in with like vendors outside, like out on their patio, they'll have like uh, they had like incense, they had like farm to table food, they had um, like really cool like visual painters and stuff. And then uh, inside the flat, then you have um, people performing. So first, it was Son's daughter Trin Trinity who was on a ukulele and singing, and it was just awesome. And uh, then came in another local artist from Houston who had this awesome performance. Um, I just want to real quick, like shout him out because he did this thing where he started singing like something like real chill and it was a vibe. Like it was like real nice and calming. He goes, hold up, hold up, hold up. 
reset, reset, reset. <laughs> like, and they just like rewind the 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 back. Rewind, select Rewind, select. And then he's like, "Hold on, I'm not feeling that. I want to turn up right now." <laughs> and then like, ask the DJ to play like another more hype song, and um, then like got everyone like moving a little bit more. Um, and Yo. you know, we're we're on a we're on a DJ square to DJ school right now. So this, I love what he what he told me l- later on i was like dude that was hilarious and he goes well dude i actually just totally forgot the lyrics so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so he made it look like he just wanted to hype it up and go somewhere else which was dope and it did work he was like dude i just had no i, I forgot the lyrics so we had to switch it out oh wow <laughs> that is a like, really good well done, pro man. musician moment yeah you gotta, yeah, you gotta, well the done, show's gotta go on <laughs> yeah so props to him and um and then we had this other live act who had like his uh, Novation <laughs> keyboard and everything. And then we had uh, uh, Samson who um, uh, did her, she like was helping out with the organization of the whole event too. And um, then uh, by that time it was like 9 p.m. They went to 10 and had the live, uh, Then th- so that was like a, all the live music. And then we had DJs come on. So then uh, Malcolm and Sabinin open things up Fareed comes in and man i just gotta say the whole that whole night like from six to two in the morning was just like this magical time like just people expressing themselves good energy incense palo santo um and Fareed was killing it man he was so happy to be there like it, it was it was a lot of fun well dope man yeah. what'd you do you? curated vibe. shout out to dj son and Fareed, man yeah. Yeah. um for me, I did a wedding on Saturday. I had a dr- drive all the way out to Easton, Maryland, which is past the, the Bay Bridge. Uh, I, I'm sure Sean I'm, I'm and I'm going to be there are, on Friday. Got, yeah, so I did the Tidewater Inn. I know that. And, um, St. Michael's? Hmm? St. Michael's? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that area, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's like past, past the Bay Bridge and then you... <clears throat> it's, you know, uh, yeah, I'm actually staying over there in the, uh, over the course of the week and I got three gigs out there this weekend. It's like the way you go, it's you know, about, when you're heading out to like Rehoboth or, you know, Ocean um, City. Yeah. Ocean City, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's like a small town, small, I guess they, they, they you know, Maryland signs, I think it's like a small, they have like big signs that says small historic Maryland town or whatever, but it's one of those small towns. Um, but yeah, but that wedding, it was fun. Super fun. Super fun. I played a lot of, mostly mostly a lot of like EDM uh, house joints. But EDM bangers, man. Yes. That's what we want to hear tonight. But, but this is the first wedding I really felt like I was like, you know, like, like the only person that, that kind of came in and wore a mask. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody like Nobody none of the cared. vendors, none of the vendors wore masks. We none of the uh, you know out there. So, I could tell you that. Well, the ceremony cocktail I was out there, but then like inside, it's like yeah, like mm. for indoors, nobody was none of the vendors was wearing a mask, and I'm like, all right, oh, feel like vendors. the odd person out. Oh yeah, yeah. so I was like, all right. Once you cross that Bay Bridge, it's a whole nother. Yeah, it's a different, <laughs> different situation out 1, there. One thousand. I was just gonna say it's not like yeah. Like where I live in Montgomery County, it's like where Chris was saying Potomac and Bethesda, where the school's at, guys. Yep. Downtown Bethesda. Yeah, it's um it's one world. And then there's there's uh again, if you look at Maryland's uh license plates, one of the uh license plates was uh, America's farmlands. 
or preserve America's farmlands. Like uh, wow, a lot I of there's a lot of farm that. farming. Oh yeah, like I I drove by a lot of farms on on the way in. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a nice town. I might I might I might you know like, to, no i might i might visit it because like i think they have like a lot of uh nice, really nice you know it's like a nice like uh i guess like uh, a day trip yo you know, there's a lot there and check it out day. Yeah, i will tell you hit me up quiet. later hit me up after this bro i will give you some places to go there's a really dope restaurant you should hit up right around there and there's some like a really good bait tackle shop you gotta check out i know you're in that stuff oh um, nice yeah, when you get a boat, when, you get a boat huh? when do you get a boat When's the, uh, when's the fishing boat in the horizon? Uh, yeah, you know it's I, I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna come. <laughs> His wife's in the background, like, stop, stop, stop giving him these. I ideas. mean, eventually it will come, but like, you know, not anytime soon. But yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. Speaking of weddings, Art, what, what what weddings did you do this weekend? Um, well, yeah, I guess I did um one specifically on Saturday. Um, it was also around, it was over the Bay Bridge for sure. Um, maybe not as far as Easton, definitely not as far. It was in Severn, Maryland. Um, however, right next to the, the right near the Bay, uh, Round Bay Beach, I want to say. First time I've been there. Uh, lovely area. Um, however, this was a, an interesting gig nonetheless. Um, I think coming into it, uh, I realized that the clients were pretty, uh, they were, they were a little nervous, right? Totally normal, pre-wedding jitters, week of, totally get it. I'm super calm though, so we go into it. Um, I think it starts off with the, the uh, I hear the best man during his speech say, uh, you know, these folks like uh, the way things they like it. And uh, blah, 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 and I kind of, I was like, wait, what, what was that? <laughs> and <laughs> so already I got in my notes, it's like uh, requ music requests are only from the best man. So I thought, oh, that's an interesting way to do it. Um, but, you know, whatever. We get into dancing and um, sure enough, uh, best man, he was he was basically uh, like personal assistants and uh, hit their, their personal assistant almost. And, uh, you know, it was cool. I did the party. Um, I crushed it. All the guests came up. I was high-fiving people. People were hugging me. Uh, aunt, one auntie was getting a little too close to me. Someone had to pull her away. It was... Uh, it was a great time. However, I, I definitely was uh, micromanaged with the playlist. And it was a little interesting because I know as DJs, we, we tend to have this. Uh, we, we go with the artist, the artist side of it. When you're on stage, you're hitting it, man. And you, 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 you're, you know that you're being praised for your decisions on what you're doing and the songs that you're selecting. Um, but when you're in a situation like that at a private event, you got to think outside of yourself sometimes and realize that it's, you know, it's not about you. Um, it's, it's for them. Um, and however, uh, y you might not be able to mix the way you want, you know, you got to do your best. So I kind of took the, uh, producer DJing approach for most of it. And I was just doing really like echo reverb, you know, echo, uh, uh, backspin out, you know, stuff like that just to get to other songs. Um, and also kind of just doing like even some basic fa radio fading stuff. Um, another quick tip, guys, radio fading is actually really uh, 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 a technique you guys should always remember can happen because you can use different BPMs. But just remember to go with the count still. If you're going to mix it in, it's a totally different BPM. Still try to come in on the one and then let that fade do the work to, you know, to get you there. It'll It's better than nothing. Trust me. Um, 
But yeah, yeah uh, you know, and then I basically was micromanaged. A lot of the songs <laughs> were on the list that were asked to be played. I was kind of going all over BPMs. And then it came up to um, uh, Ignition Remix. And I remember the best man came up and then he, he said, hey, I asked you to play Ignition like three songs ago. <laughs> and I was like, mm, yeah, about that. He was like, play it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so so yeah i ended up uh having to play the ignition remix which made me feel a little weird because i i, I honestly you know i guess we, we're in the cancel culture days and i had uh not played it since um you know i guess uh however many years now well, well let's go well, well let's not move to the topic yet but like uh let's go back to yeah there you go um i i i want to i want to know did did were you aware of like was this based off of like a, a like a like a requ request list that you already have or was like th these were like on the fly type requests during during the the party great question so there was a request list um and there was a lot of there was a lot of requests um um and i think between us and the the clients us is in the company and the clients we kind of tried to let them know that there's a lot here and if you if you, these are all like how much is a lot because like I, I yeah. always tell my clients you know there is a certain number of like songs that i usually play like say in a two hour you know like i, I always tell them like i normally play about maybe 70 ish you know songs in like two hours you know sure i got a healthy list of at least like maybe 50 songs 50 songs okay like a tw with a 20 with the 20 but like, is it like a last minute thing that they gave you or you've already had it because i i, I no, always I go it. through I, I sometimes go through like this the songs and i tell them it's like you know there there are some songs where i'm like i know it's not going to work in the dance floor do you right. really want me to play this or if you have like you know especially because like, I'm, I'm i'm using the vivo music app for a lot of my you know clients you know uh, well, i'm also out about the, the setup man if you if you want a record that i was already going to play and you want it now i and, but there's a way that I like to set it up. Yeah, know? yeah, of I course. Like, I, you know, gonna... you gotta you gotta do the, your your prep work, you know, yeah, and such. You know? So, or like, but set, like set I, I always try like, whenever cool I'm trying to deal with, you know, our lower thirds down here is uh, confessions of a DJ dealing with micro, you know, what a micromanaging client. Um, you know, I always have to be honest with my clients. Like, you know, like there's, you know, you don't have to give me 200 songs, you know, because like there is a certain amount of songs that i will play Trust i'm not me, gonna I still have more <laughs> <laughs> and I, I always talk I like there's no way i'm gonna go through some of your song you know i always be honest like oh, i i think this song is gonna work better during dinner you know instead of like the party and then you know like whenever they ask me oh you know how do you deal with like you know um uh music requests from like other people it's like I always i always tell them it's like i'll be honest like if it is if it's gonna kill the vibe of the party i don't play it I'm not gonna play it at all. So, but like that's the same same thing. It's like I'll if I had time, I'll go through like certain songs, and I was like, all right, th I, this song I definitely know will kill the vibe. Uh, this song, you know, do you are you sure you want me to play it, or do you want me to play it like during dinner or cocktail hour, even you know, just so it's there, you know. So one yeah. one thing that stands out to me is like I'm hearing that uh, Gio, you'll make it clear like that. Oh yeah, um, you, know, you know that th this song yeah. probably won't work well for the dance, but this like you know you pre preload them before being micromanaged. Because I've point. done I've done so many you know <laughs> thousands of wedding at the, at this point now, like well not thousands but <laughs> like close to a thousand close. probably hundreds. Like, <laughs> but like 
I know what I, I, I know my ideal client now. I know what I want comfortable with, you know, like, you know, like, especially if like, if I already know that they're going to be like, sort of like a micromanaging type client before I book them, it's like, I'll, I'll tell them, it's like, eh, sorry, you know, I'm not available, you know, that sort of thing. But I'm always <laughs> during the interview process, I'm always upfront. I'm always telling them, yeah, it's like, this good. is the that's amount good. of songs I usually play. You know, you don't have to pick all of them because I know you guys are busy. You know, make sure, you know, I, I make sure I have at least maybe 20, 20 songs. Yeah. And that'll give me a good idea of, you know, that's my job as a DJ. Well, I, you know, I have to, you know, fit. Yeah, I have to fill in the blanks. That's yeah, my job. Well, well you look know? at this. My thing is I had three hours. We started, say, on time with three hours left to basically of do dancing. the, the oh, dance. That's, yeah. that's a good long. That's a good dance set. Yeah, It is, yeah. right? So with say as many requests i had and then the maybe the 15 the 15 must plays i'm i'm looking to spread them out for three hours oh yeah that's that's the first thought for all of us but they don't understand that they didn't understand that they they i i blew my they wanted me to blow my water (laughs) they wanted all the hostess cupcakes right from the beginning oh yeah it was it was almost like 20 30 for the for for the for the older folks and then and then literally before the first hour it was like go for the bangers going to bangers dude and it's like okay fine you know, and it's not that I ran out, but it's like it they exhausted it exhausted their musts, you know, and it was so your happened? job it becomes to pick up the pieces at that point. It's not even right. about like, all right, how do we make sense of like putting these in the right order? You're just like, Okay, we've got through the big stuff, we got two and a half more hours. Yeah. Like No, I did a good job fun. at spreading it still though. Like I, okay. I really did because like I told you guys at the end of the day, it was an awesome party. And uh, I, I had won everybody over, and that's usually my 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 uh, goal. I think so. that's that's the key point. It's the fine line between you know if you're if you're with a client, this is for everybody at that, at this level of trying to figure these things out. I think there's a lot of DJs that go through a point where they still look at themselves as an artist and have what they want to play, and they haven't quite learned at a private event that everybody is there for someone else other than you yeah you are there for mm, yep. them. everybody the including you <laughs> yes you, you are there for the bride and groom or if you were hired i do certain events where i don't even really ever talk to the bride and groom i only communicate through the With event the planner and and th- and that's just how this some old school planners like to do things they like to no that's true allow the the bride and groom they don't want the bride and groom to have all these conversations going they want to funnel it all through them and you know so whoever that is like you are there for whoever brought you there your name is not on the marquee you're not playing downtown and and like figuring out how to separate those two people are is sometimes difficult for djs and then what you're dealing with is another layer because it's you understand that you are there for them, but they're giving you a working set that might not artistically or, or creatively work the best way that you know possible. And so you're almost having to tell yourself, yeah, I know I'm going to play this song, right. but I have to actually play it in a way that where I wouldn't play it because it's when they want to play it now. And mm-hmm. walking that tightrope of still presenting that in a way that makes you feel good about it makes them feel good about it is very difficult but was this was, yes. all right was this was this like t- were you told about like the best man first of all 
being the liaison person, I guess. And then were you told like, okay, they want this in a particular order or, or they want it like, you know, sooner. Um, was that like, was that the, talked about anything, anything about the playlist? Was that talked about part, during I, the interview? No, the first or part, the final meeting, the first part I knew, um, in the final meeting, I was told that the best man was going to be the liaison for that. But I also told them that they, they were almost kind of like, um, it is, it is for no one to come talk to you except for this gentleman. And in my mind, I understood that. And, and in reality, I, I, I kind of try to tell him like, not, not going to happen, you know? And he was like, well, you know, th th this is the way we want it. I'm like, no, I get that, but it's not going to happen. Like people are going to come up to me. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't understand. That's, he doesn't understand. I'm like, you don't yeah. understand. People will still come up to me, dude. Like this is not. This is Especially not a, a couple of drinks. Yeah, exactly. Uh. So, so that that <laughs> happened. Okay, and um, I couldn't help that. And like I told him, so I covered myself. But I, like I said, I we talked about it briefly, and I thought it was an interesting take because I was like, okay, maybe this gentleman really knows their their style the crowd, i guess yeah the crowd you know they but, can be they can be a help for you you know they can uh, yeah you got the inside, yeah, and I'm not inside saying you might he, not he wasn't known. helpful but again you no, know yeah i'm just it, saying like in tune sometimes a guest will come up to any of us and ask well how would you deal with it Chris? if you didn't know they were like this type of client here, you know? well here's my one thing i just know for a fact if they want to if they could find it in themselves to kind of take this night to ease up and really focus on it, having a good time, they wouldn't have had to worry about all that stuff anyways because I still would have made it an awesome party. It was almost like they were still working when they were not supposed to be working. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's where I'm like, let me work, you know? You're and that's kind of the way it, it feels. And, that, and that's how you find out like during the interview process, you know, like, you're like is this the ideal client that you want to work with for that day? And I'm like, yeah, and like if, if it's like a Bridezilla and it's like wants to like really like, list out especially like the ones where it's like yeah i want this song to be played at this time and and in this order i'm like all right i'm not available for you yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah i don't do that again. i don't play that game anymore so and yeah, so chris how do you do this um you know with with uh with your client and the r kelly let's get back to the r kelly so <laughs> our next topic um did you know that you were gonna have to play r kelly beforehand or that was one of the ones that popped up it was in the it was in the the, the request list. But you weren't gonna hit it if you didn't have to. There were so many songs, right? So that, but you were like, so you no, know, I I didn't really pay attention to it. And know, this went, has been this has been the R Kelly conversation has been happening now for about a good year of of where um, two years now. Yeah, maybe I was not gonna. Be, I was not gonna hit it. As it's I said, it's all to me one it. year because we didn't work for so long. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Extra year. <laughs> it's still it's still twenty twenty. Right. Um, so that you know, t as of today, R. Kelly was actually found guilty in court of multiple crimes. He's Breaking obviously news. gonna be gonna be you know, his sentencing. Who knows? I mean, he could be in jail for a long time, depending on how far. He could be like another Larry Nasser, like type level oh, like yeah. 80 years who yeah. knows i mean this guy might never see the light of day again and it really begs the question um are is r kelly's music permanently banned is it only banned for certain people is it so politicized and then furthermore like where do we draw the line who else is banned is kanye banned is michael jackson banned is uh Chris Doja Cat? like I'm trying to remember all the people that were 
canceled over the canceled in a, what was Doja point. Cat canceled for? Um, uh, making cow sounds. I don't know. I was like on Twitter, you know. That's a, like, that's a tweet. I don't, I don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah, and then it, like a big thing blew up. Something oh, about like white supremacy or like Proud Boys. Nicki Minaj. She's got some recent Twitter. Right, out. Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj is like friends, cousins, brother. Like, yeah, it's all these things that people get so like emotionally charged with, and we've talked about this in past shows. That, like things become politicized, and you have to figure out like, all right myself as a dj how do i want to navigate this 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 r kelly thing has been in my mind like i don't touch it especially if it's a predominantly black crowd because i know from my personal family and extended friends there's a lot of black people that feel like we were specifically victimized within our community by this guy who people were saying since Aaliyah in the 90s was a sex offender preying on young black girls and so i'm like i'm staying far away but i do i like art I do have clients that at private events like we love ignition. It's the one song that everybody may ask for to close out their night. It's everybody knows the words. Like it's one of those things. And like, if it's not on the list, I don't touch it. And if it's a predominantly black route, I'm definitely not touching it. Cause I don't want to get jumped in the parking lot. Right. But if you're, but if the client asks you to play it, you're still, your hands are tied. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. I mean, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know about, I highly doubt corporate clients will 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 add that to the to the list. But yeah, definitely like wedding, you know, wedding clients. They I've seen it, I've seen it, I've played it, you know. Um, but yeah, like I, I honestly like with R. Kelly, you know, I mean, it's it's I I don't mind I don't mind at all not playing R. Kelly anymore because like honestly, yeah, Crystal's right. There's only like maybe like one, maybe two songs that like you know I, that I would have played a lot like you know one was stepping in the name of love Step and, like, the name of love and, and ignition you know ignition remix because nobody remembers ignition the original yes, yes i actually yeah stepping in the name of love is uh is definitely uh, well the interesting I, thing I too is happy people yeah. step in the name of love are culturally like they were black stepping songs they like yeah hand in so like they went best in that audience and now <laughs> and, it, and it's like absolutely not but but see, it's funny, Gio, because you say, but then if you search R. Kelly in your Serato, probably you see all the cameos he's on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Choruses, it opens it up to a whole Now you got to start thing. editing and songs. And there's some know? heat in there. That's the problem. There's so many bangers from that era. Cassidy. R. Kelly was trying to outrun the tax man, and he was doing it, man. That's the both worlds. <laughs> and then you know you also have clients that you know especially over the last couple of years since the michael jackson documentary we all have had clients that will say you know it's um, controversial stay we, away from we, it. you know and some i've even had them you know on the do not plays are like please don't play any michael jackson i know it's it's um controversial but for me and I, when i hear the when i hear a michael jackson song all i can think of is the controversy yeah. and not having fun anymore and so when a client says that to you and it's kind of like oh you know, but if they ask me, like, how do you feel about Michael Jackson? Then I'm going to tell them, you know, I love Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson songs rock, you know, and and furthermore, he's been he's been all these rumors have been about him forever. He's he's never been found guilty. And furthermore, yeah. he's been found innocent. He's and, been found innocent. Yeah. The FBI was all over him for a decade. They said they found nothing of any impropriety. It's like at some point, you know, we still have to be a culture that says you're innocent until proven guilty and he's yeah. never what? 
what happens? I can still believe that he's a super weirdo. Of course. Of course. <laughs> like, what what happens what if Michael like if tender. MJ was still alive and you know he he did get caught? What's what's the situation there? Because like you know, if you compare both R. Kelly and like MJ, Ooh, it's two different like it's it's, yeah, there's it's two different, different like, standards there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. Like I mean Michael Jackson that's music. He's the king of pop, man. Like so many people grew up. So many, so many people like people's uh, uh first memories of music was is Michael Jackson. You know, mm-hmm. earlier first album, time I remember know? hearing a DJ was somebody playing a Michael Jackson run in the car as a little kid and being like, "How did that song not stop?" And then there's a different song. That's my man first memory of a DJ. I think that one that's the crazy. one thing to remember. I mean. You know, certainly everybody has their own personal beliefs. And so there's certain people that, you know, James Brown wasn't a saint. There's a lot of musicians. Yeah. Most of the, most, <laughs> if you just start going through all the people that we play continuously, you're going to find a band member or you're going to find a producer. Or you're going to find, you know, a, the artists themselves that have all these criticisms about them because we're all human beings. Right. I think a lot of people obviously draw the line at children or rape and things yeah. like that. Those are like, you know, almost unforgivable. You, it's hard to come back from those type of things. But like, you know, a lot of people canceled Kanye when he, when, you know, came out with a lot of the, the political. Uh, came out with the MAGA his hat opinions on and yeah, the MAGA hat and, and, and the things that people are like, I'm never playing Kanye again. And. And then, you know, people, you know, will will do the same for other artists. It happened to the Dixie Chicks. You it know, happened with, to Beyonce after the Super Bowl. The people chicks. were like, oh, my goodness, I don't like the, the, the Black Panthers. And they were trying to protest that if they were on one side they of took the Dixie section. out. And, and so as a DJ, it's difficult because unless you're really drawing this same – keeping every artist to that same standard, you actually kind of look like the dummy. Yeah, you kind of look like a hypocrite a bit, you know. It's like you, you know. So it's it's difficult if you're going to start like you know banning people from you playing them, but then someone else that you do play is pretty much the same person intertwined in what they did. You know, it's just you don't like their music, or you wanted a reason to not like them, and um, you know, it's difficult difficult to go down that slope. And actually, uh, well, uh, one more thing to piggyback off of that, I think that. When you're considering the, the old adage, like, he who's without fault, throw the first stone, you know, that whole thing, you could take that and paint it, paint anybody that way if you examine them close enough. But there's also people that are a lot less well known. For example, there was a massive controversy with Bass Nectar, an EDM producer, right. DJ, over that. the entire course of the height of his career, was like manipulating young girls and found guilty of it and uh, I was like apparently therapy gas groups. killer as well who oh, god gaslamp killer oh yeah 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 okay i didn't know about that one it's yeah, like i didn't know that either it yeah, depends on like it. the height you are some people are able to out outlive it and i feel like when we're talking about the major artists like an mj who like who what other what other celebrity could stand on top of a building and a city shuts down when MJ was at the height of his career? Like he could outlive the idea of a conspiracy against not him or R. Kelly. R. <laughs> Kelly, he's found guilty. Like I feel like if the standard's gonna be anything, you do have to raise everybody to the same standard, but should the guilty verdict be where you say, Okay, this is not allowed and everybody understands it, I feel like right. that's fair. Right. I feel like that's fair personally. 
Uh, well, and, and also, you know, we we should have like a higher standard to follow. And I think with R. Kelly, if I'm not <clears throat> not mistaken, I don't know if it was permanently done, but I know like Apple Music and Spotify, they all they all removed his songs from their yeah. from their platform. Did they? So so if if the, the way that if the way that people are consuming the the normal consumer is consuming music, if those these big companies go, we're not playing mm-hmm. his music anymore. That should kind of be a standard that we can can follow because we're like, hey, these companies that are a lot more responsible for a lot more than we are. Right. If they're saying this is bad. Then maybe the consumer and yeah. the DJ can understand, like, hey, you know, you can't even find his music on Spotify anymore. Like, you can't but, find ignition. At the end of the day, it's the corporations that's run this thing. So that, that whatever makes, they do, it's it's Bible. That makes sense. And usually with things like substances and stuff or whatever, that leads to an underground market. Yeah, I that I, that's just a thought, you know. But it's, it's also I mean, it's a huge market of R. Kelly records. I don't think there's going to be an underground R. Kelly show. This no, underground yeah. R. Kelly parties. Mm. No, sorry, that was where, where they where they play uh, all twenty of the uh, trapped in the closet. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's make fun of trapped in the closet. I still have vinyl of those, man. Oh, yeah, man. You know it. The vinyl. For any of the younger DJs, they're you can the, look they're this up on YouTube. Too. There is a Kill whole a thing where it was like twenty something episodes of basically musical musical theater. Then he came to the closet. I was stuck in the closet, and I pulled out my gun. He opened the closet. Ronald, he had Ronald Isley in the. Ronald Isley. He had some of the illest dudes in there, but but like, Doc, have you ever heard those the Talking Closet series? That was him trying to be Michael Jackson, like doing the. Uh, well, he was trying to do the whole hip hop opera, you know, hip hop yeah. thing. Michael Jackson did it first, the best, anyways, bro. You know. That like, <laughs> Moonwalker was the best. I think best. if I was to remember R. Kelly, best. it was probably, probably going to be on the Trapped in the Closet series. <laughs> yeah, or the Dave Chappelle skit. The Dave Chappelle skit. Oh yeah, that's that I <laughs> that poop, poop, and get that <laughs> on you. <laughs> oh, oh that's my boy, Robert. Robert. But at the end of the day, know. guys, guys, at the end of the day, I think you have to look at their work as. Um, if 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 you know for MJ, I mean his songs are masterpieces. They're art. They're example of of good art. I wouldn't necessarily say that with R. Kelly. So yeah. Well, and, and to your point too, you know a lot of painters and artists like yeah, Van Gogh were you know pretty twisted, messed up individuals too, and they're. You know, art gets Andy Andy Warhol. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, those, those, those are very eccentric, you know, people Prices, and crazy. You know, I'm sure they they did some some crazy shit. Yeah, you know, exactly. So, but at the end of the day, if it, you, you gotta you gotta look at you gotta sometimes split if they if they produce really good art. Can you appreciate probably, the art? It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very difficult question. Can you? So but again, if you compare MJ and R. Kelly, it's like no question. It's like, all right, yeah, R. Kelly, you can go go away. <laughs> and you separate the artist from the human human being is really yeah. the, the main the main thing. Is is like this person's work of art when they produce this, are you gonna judge it based on what they do as a private person? Well, here's one like, like Kanye. I think that at the end of the day, when everything's all said and done, Kanye, I mean, his his 
he's got masterpieces too, man. So it's like, you know, he's def- definitely that artiste that's like, you know, that's going to be revered for a long time. Even how crazy he is, you know. Yeah. True indeed. All right. Speaking let's... of the black market, uh, vinyl, vinyl market for R. Kelly parties. <laughs> <laughs> vinyl the, uh, only R. Kelly when's, parties. When's the bump and grind uh, <laughs> seven-inch seven vinyl uh, commemorative set going to come out? <laughs> oh, that yo. is a good question. Yeah, Sean Jay, are we seeing now? Because you know, on our last show, we talked about supply chain squeezes and things getting really expensive to ship out. Are we seeing the vinyl revival dying? Is it the end now of our vinyl revival? Mm. (laughs) I've got a strong feeling about the environmental stability part of any petroleum-based products, but in the grand scheme of, like, records being pressed as compared to any other, like, major petroleum-based products vinyl is just it's a small drop in the pan but like there is an environmental factor that makes me go like okay well if this is the end of the revival it's okay because it's not good for the environment however there's a lot of other reasons why this is this is a a interesting time to be observing this like you were saying the manufacturing delays the cost of yeah i was saying point a to point b all of that it, I mean, one thing is exactly it's it's putting a lot of pressure on independent vinyl labels. And so com- like paired up with environmental concerns and right now this the shipping squeeze, you know, it's just becoming a lot more expensive to sh- produce and ship vinyl. And um, one like point that uh, Tom Lee uh, points out here is he says, quote, I don't think that an artist should have to press vinyl for one release to be taken more seriously than others. That creates an uncomfortable dynamic financially and environmentally. I was curious what you guys thought of that. Or I, I what think take the first thing I, I mean, as DJs, we in this climate right now, like that probably couldn't have been said 25 years ago. Everything was based on your vinyl album release. Yeah, because you, you know, physically had to go like live with the music you bought the music you took it home there was the experience of like unsealing your record or not even that that was just a step set in place to making it big that Mm. that was literally what it was get a record deal well i mean even hours and when you when you talk about um you know this subject is is touchy with me because it's you know i owned a vinyl record store of course so so it's um i see i certainly see both sides of it but you know, when we all started off as DJs, most of us anyway, vinyl was the way you DJed. So vinyl was yep. the lifeblood of how an artist would yeah. be, even be discovered. And I, Tom Lee, I don't know much about him. I don't know where if he's a DJ or a music producer. Or, um, I'm, I didn't see the reference of who he is, Adrian. Who was the guy that wrote that? He is a, an artist manager uh, for local action. Okay. Um, you know, I think still even in today's day and age, people that press vinyl are in their own ways trying to be discovered. Uh, there's still there's still people that they might make you mean artists that are getting vinyl vinyl pressed or the, the, the plants. 
No, the people, the artists that are like, you know, they might not make a lot of money on Bandcamp or TrackSource or iTunes with their digital sales. They might not get a lot of streams, but they can still sell 2,000 copies of a record or 5,000 copies of a 7-inch or, you know, and because those, the audience that, that appreciate it, the yeah. audience that wants their music wants it on vinyl. Yeah. You know, I don't, so I just don't think he's very, um, I don't think he sees the entire spectrum of, of where I don't think anybody would say that, you know, you're not cool if you don't press vinyl. I mean, I think there's plenty of music that goes out into the, into the ethos of the world that doesn't get pressed on vinyl. But then for certain people that is their lifeblood because it's getting it to those DJs that only play vinyl in certain places because they still do exist. And I think the, the pandemic has even, taken some DJs and return them to vinyl. Double A, our homie Double A is one of them. I mean, he's like, I haven't opened my Serato in like 18 months. He's like, I'm only trying to take gigs now where I can bring my 45s. And flip and, out as well. Just like it's an opportunity to just do all the things that you wanted to do. I mean, you can do it at live streaming or you can do well, it in Well, Flip Out still does Serato and stuff. I mean, he's just, I mean, Flip Out is a record just, head. Yeah. He's just everything. Like he's just encompasses so much more than one thing but like double a in specific was like i if i never dj on my serato again i'm fine that doesn't mean he won't but he's just like i'm only trying to book myself at bars and clubs that will let me bring my vinyl because i, I want to do my thing you know and, and that's what separates a lot of djs is this guys that play only vinyl they're getting booked to be themselves in a lot of times and they can when someone comes up to you for a request like i just got these right here like even the people are kind of like oh well i guess all right i, I guess shouldn't i shouldn't have asked i guess i can't ask you to play that song you know and they'll maybe even look at you a little different like whoa okay excuse me sir or man you know <laughs> um but you know Chris, i, I want to ask you this like you know what would happen because like right now you know you, you can you can you know, you, you you're seeing seeing the revival. You know, like vinyls being sold at Urban Outfitters, Walmart, yeah, whatever Walmart. else. What happens if those big corporations decide, all right, yeah, let's listen to you know, whatever. You know, it's an environment. You know, it's not good for the environment. Environment. Let's make a, a certain group happy. Let's not sell it anymore. Well, what's I mean, gonna happen with a lot of the uh, the you know like the plants that recently opened up and and wh- what do you think will like, w- would be like the big effect out of it? You know. As far as you know, if the if the big stores decide, all right, well, I mean, I, I think the indie is that officially the end of the 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 vinyl? No, I think the indie labels will finally get their records on time. They'd be happy <laughs> because, <you> <laughs> like right now, the small labels get pushed to the back, uh, and so true. you know they they're the ones that have to wait for some big monumental you know repressing of an album like Led Zeppelin or the Beatles because the majors can lock down so many of those Chicago. those those uh plants yeah, with, their, with their stock. Well, that, that's, like, hey, you know, that's they, the point though right. is that it's getting expensive for these independent labels to continue to do this. And I think um that's what's also the question of Yeah, and, and a lot of things. those independent labels they're you know the way they stick out is is releasing, you know, their 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 artists on on, vi- on vinyl. Right. You know? That that's really how if you want to stick out like, you know, from the crowd you know, you, you definitely want to say say do like a vinyl only release of like a yeah. certain song. A lot of dance, you know? a lot of dance a lot of music, yep. a lot of dance music yeah. will come if it's on vinyl. Will be on vinyl 
for like six months sometimes months. even before they release the digital or or never ever like you know digital right. at all right, right. exactly because yeah you know certain people like any company cer- certain people actually see more value in limiting the amount of people that have it right. as opposed to making it broad so um you know, you know if the majors do jump and say yeah we're gonna stop pressing vinyl um, I, I think it's probably, like I said, good for the smaller guys because now they, they can actually have more timely release. And, you know, we've all talked about, like, the, the price of vinyl now for, uh, like, a double vinyl album. I, I've seen it. Yikes. It's like $30. It's like $35. It's like an like yeah, yeah. like import price. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> import <laughs> vinyl price. Yeah, yeah. Import section prices. But don't get it twisted. <laughs> Everybody's making more money. Right. Everybody is making more money. The record labels are making more money. The record stores are making more money. Everybody's making more money because it's on a it's on a margin basis. So, so does that mean if you're trying to get records pressed now, it costs more money to get it records does cost, pressed? That, yes, it costs does more cost money. more money. It costs money more money to ship it. it costs more money to get the pro, the ingredients and right. like that. That's what's driving up the price too. Right. So Back to what's, what's, what's the uh, what's the what's the turntable uh, company that that sells like you know at Urban Outfitters? And, oh, and, Crawley, and the, the Crosby. Crosby. Yeah, it keeps them happy Crawley. too. Crosby. Crosby. Crosby, yeah, yeah. Crosby, Crosby. turntables are on. But here, up here's now. here's the thing. Back in the day, if a record, if you pressed a ton of them and you were able to get all your cost under like two dollars and fifty cents, and then you sold it to a distributor at three dollars and fifty cents and then that distributor sold it to the local record store at four dollars and fifty cents and then the record store sold it at 5.99 or whatever it is you're talking this you know these are all based on margins so when that margin now becomes six dollars instead of 250 they're selling it to six to selling it to 12 to selling it to 18 19 to selling it to 30 in the store so that one record that used to cost two dollars that you only made two dollars on, you're now paying more for it, but you're you're making like ten dollars off ten of x on it. So it's so don't get it don't get it confused. Like like the the price is going up, but they're making more money because there's you know. It, and the I think there's is. one more piece of this that makes this an interesting observation. Every time these conversations that we're having right now come up and make their way to the top of the news cycle, um, this is what kind of helps them justify inflating those prices. I got a chance to go to Third Man Records. Uh, My best friend lives in Detroit, and it's near the pressing plant is near his house. And when I walked in there, it was like, oh, this entire store exists because of the hype around re-release of vinyl becoming rarer and rarer. You can look in the back window and see the people that like clock in every day and press records like nothing has changed. But they know that they're making more money because they're the place that gets to press the re-release copies of stuff that people wanted to get and they can only find it at Walmart or they can come and have the experience in the store. So then they charge, instead of that $30 at Walmart, they're going to charge 50 mm. And it probably costs them 8 to make it. There definitely is something to be said about the experience of a store, you know? Like, yeah. But then um, that that's like the that's kind of like the veil too. Like a real record store, someone not our like age. A section. I go in to experience that. <laughs> you know, it might not smell like the yeah. '90s, but but at the end of the day, if I'm flipping and I'm looking at those prices, I'm tricked. I'm like, wait, 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 what's going on here? This is a this is a sham. 
I know that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm too old, I guess, because I'm washed. Because hey, I've been Adrian. around the dollar bins. Yeah. I used to go Adrian, straight through the dollar bins. You're the younger one out of the whole group. Yeah. Like, like, well, what, what's? Do you have any like record store experiences? Absolutely. All right. Yeah, there you go. He was raised oh, right. Yeah, he goes up <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, and I. This is really, you know, I'm truly. Um, uh, I'm really interested in this question because I really love going to the record store and and digging through the crates and like finding new music in this way that's hands on. And seeing how other people organize the music too, you know, like how every record store owner will like organize stuff and what they curate. And, mm. and it's awesome to go from like one shop to another. And then each shop has its own community, its own merch. Like, I mean, not too long ago, even a friend of mine um, released a cassette Jackson, shout out to Jackson Ryland. He's a, a local techno producer in DC. And um, I just I had a great time riding my bike through DC and like going to ROM Records and like some some records and then being like, hey, is Jackson's cassette here? And, um, you know, being able to meet this guy and, and find new music that way and get like my friend's cassette. Um, but at the same time, um, and as, as one, you mentioned this like real quick that the um cool thing you can do now with uh digital music not be, like now that digital music is kind of at the forefront it used to be that vinyl was the thing that was your mastered copy and you know master, master final master that's it final now though you can release a record and kind of similar to you know digital news outlets you can uh you can update it yeah. Alt Z, you can control Z. And, control Z and remaster songs quietly as the albums are already out, right. and the streaming date just changes of that new version. Whoever catches it catches it. Right. Yeah. Well, it's so, also, it, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, if you want to add to this, yeah. Well, uh, I was just in general like that's again not something <laughs> that could have happened during the vinyl. You know, not before the during the vinyl era, basically, you know, that yeah. was kind of the, um, you know, the pinnacle. You, you, yeah. you put out the vinyl, you know, you felt like you made it, but that was really the only one, like, you know, that was the one way that the record companies made it possible for you to, you know, have Another, that. another thing to, to consider, too, is when there's environmental pressure on an industry, Industry is typically good at trying to innovate from that, whether we see it in, you know, energy use or transportation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are plants that do have the ability to uh, do recycled vinyl. Recycled vinyl. vinyl. used to get a lot of recycled vinyl. There was actually press, pressing plants that when we would have like really like dead, dead stock that, you know, basically was at the giveaway level. Sometimes people wouldn't even want to take it home. It was so bad. Um, <laughs> and a lot of times it was normally like, you know, promos. Like R. Kelly, like Ignition. Trying to push a remix. really bad promo record. <laughs> and you just, they sent you all these ones. Um, Trapped in a closet. You know, like they, would, they would buy them, they would buy them back at you. You know, like like recycling bottles. You know, like five cents or whatever. Five you know, cents on so, the pound or whatever. Yeah, they would come pick them up and and take them take them back. Right. And so you know, maybe more recycled vinyl. Maybe there's a different kind of ingredients that something somebody will be able to to make. Somebody's innovated. And yeah, to, to make the plant to make the vinyl still be here because we still need Serato records. Yeah. Right? 
I mean, yeah, like it's sure. not just it's not just vinyl to find it uh, as a, a double LP, hundred eighty gram. It's it's a Serato for our turntables. Mm-hmm. Well, what, well, what now else we have is what <laughs> else is like broken down melted vinyl? What happens if phase is like foolproof for? <laughs> I mean, I guess you need to find something else to put it on. You other, yeah. you know, other, other, in, other industries. That just like, it could be old that. at that point. but <laughs> You could use a piece of acrylic if you're trying to not use the vinyl material for like having a record on your turntable to use with phase. Like That's basically what the Rain 12s are. It's like a piece right. of acrylic instead of a vinyl actual pressed piece of wax. What about using like an old uh, record cover and just uh, like like how we used to make like <laughs> like slip mats before slip you mats, know? DIY slip mats and now DIY cardboard uh... slip mats. Oh, <laughs> That's what my brothers used to do, like back in the eighties, man. It's like all right, instead of like the record sleeves, it's like they probably didn't have access to the, the actual plastic record sleeves in the mm. Philippines. So it was like a record. It was the the record cover state. You know, like they they uh, make uh, slip mats out of that. That <laughs> right there. That right there, that experience that us as DJs coming from a vinyl appreciation perspective, I think is the thing that makes it interesting. And I'm kind of excited about the idea of like if vinyl is not going to be shipped and manufactured internationally as much, this idea that these companies that have pressing plants can take recycled vinyl and repress it. And hearing Doc Plus talk about the same experience of trying to go find a cassette tape right now. Yeah. For the average person, where is the last time you used a cassette player? You got to go on this adventure to like listen to the music and us as the curators of music, we get to appreciate that effort and that journey of like, okay, I got to have a slip mat to play the record. So I got to use my, my cardboard sleeve. I don't (laughs) have any plastic. I got to find the, find the record. And then I got to find a turntable in decent shape. Like we're the ones that keep that alive. And that's good. If it supports the smaller businesses, that's a good thing. There's a way to do mm. the collecting and have mm. that experience without making it out of vinyl that's new. You can take the recycled parts, and if the market goes up, awesome. There's people that live off of Maybe. it. It's, all, it's always going to – it's going to – it's always – vinyl's always going to live. For, I mean, it's going to live forever. It's, it's the mass production of it that's going to be that's going to die off. I don't think it needs to be in Walmart. Yeah, well, that's we, correct. We, yeah, don't, yeah, we, we don't need the Beatles repressed again. Like, again, yeah. make that person go to a thrift store and find a copy. You know, like that's the fun of it. Maybe we, they'll find some sort of like technological way of like so creating your Beatles own vinyl characters. from like really like you know environmental. <laughs> there we go, plastic vinyl. <laughs> on a new way to break down the composition of the science of it and oh now vinyl can be melted into a 3d printer cartridge. vinyl vinyl made out of cigarette butts if, if you can if you can have like a very environmentally safe vinyl cr- bottles vinyl you know ashtray. one-off vinyl okay. creator at home i mean that, that that's how it's gonna live but Anyways, Stay tuned because I've seen some things. But vinyl yeah, tires, exactly. Uh, we're yeah, gonna have to wrap it up. We got about one minute left. So, everybody, uh, if you're tuning in, thank you for tuning in. Uh, make sure to click like, comment, give us a rating because it helps out. You know, us move up the the ranking, the charts. Again, this is the Teachers Lounge podcast. Come back every week. Uh, visit us on our Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/slash Beat Refinery. We're always live, or or you know, we broadcast live uh uh every monday night at 9 p.m but um yeah 
So yeah. go ahead and uh, support us. Keep visiting us. Keep uh, supporting the podcast. And uh, we'll uh, see you guys next week. Yeah, get right. back to class. Get back to class. <laughs> get back to class. <laughs> All right, everybody. Peace <laughs> out. Peace. Peace. Peace.